Welcome to episode 309 of Live Happy Now. April is National Stress Awareness Month, and as you might be aware, we're a little bit more stressed out than we used to be. I'm your host, Paula Phelps, and today we're talking with Dr. Drayvon James, an author, host of Everyday Peace on Unity Radio, and an inspirational speaker who has made it her life purpose to help others tap into their natural ability to transform their lives. She's here to talk about how we can all change our lives for the better by changing our approach to stress. Drayvon, welcome to Live Happy Now. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, we are talking about stress, which is something I think we all know about, but you are kind of an expert in it. So that's what makes you different (laughs) than the rest of us. So I was really curious to begin with how you became so interested in the topic of stress. I have been working in healthcare for 31 years. I've been a pharmacist for 31 years. And I would like to say that it started there, but it didn't. I had a very stressful childhood. And I think I've always been looking for ways. It's so funny. When I was 17 years old, I began a journey for the solution to never have any problems ever again after reading Norman Vincent Peale's book, The Power of Positive Thinking. Yeah. (laughs) And I never discovered that. But what I did discover is that everything that seems like a challenge, even, and it is, but has some utility to it. And I thought that was fascinating. It's interesting that you would come to it at such a young age and you've made it this whole mission that you're on and have done some incredible things along the way and still have many things that you're doing. Do you know what it is that really resonated with you in being able to perceive stress differently? You know, because I, this is going to sound really odd, but I feel like stress was an abundant resource that nobody was tapping into. I just had this feeling because I couldn't find a way to wiggle myself out of never having any more stress. Wherever I went, there was stress waiting for me or stress coming. And I just, I said, you know what? Hey, this is enough. I'm going to figure (laughs) this out because obviously I can't be smart enough. I cannot outrun this. Right. And so what you did instead was you started looking at it through a different lens. Yes. Yes. I had to. And I thought to myself, you know what I've got to, it's sort of like cozying up to the bully at school. You realize I'm not going to be able to defeat this person some kind of way. I've got to get in their friendship. And that's kind of what I thought about stress at first. I said, I've got to figure out what your purpose is in my life because I'm not able to get away from you as hard as I try you kind of befriended it and made it your ally, if not a friend, at least an ally. Absolutely. I mean, you have so much that you can teach us in this vein and this way of thinking, because when we think about stress, we automatically think of it as a bad thing. And maybe you do, but most people I know don't say I'm stressed and I'm really happy about it. But you say that that way of thinking can be harmful to us to really see the danger of stress. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, because, you know, when we start categorizing things in our life as good or bad, we get we get this. Once you tell your brain that something is bad, you set up a automatic resistance to it. Right. And so there you are resisting something. And what we know about the brain or about life in general, whatever we focus on, we draw more of that into our life. So if we focus on I want to avoid stress, I want to avoid stress, well, we draw into our life more things to feel stress about. 
And just backing up just a little bit, you were talking about not all stress is bad. Absolutely not. We feel stress when we're planning a wedding, when we're having a get ready for a baby or planning a big move or starting a new job that we want. We feel stress in those situations too. So stress doesn't always result from something negative. Stress at its core is fear. That's really what it is, is we fear something. It's something. Some, and it's usually change. We usually are fearing some kind of change that we're anticipating is going to happen or is happening, but some change is going to happen. And now we got this fear mechanism that's ignited. So when we are recognizing that we're under stress, do we then start looking at, okay, what am I afraid of? It seems like you're opening a door here that's really, really interesting. Like if I can start thinking of this as fear instead of stress, now I have an emotion that I can deal with. I can say, all right, what am I afraid of? Absolutely. So you just so nicely said my first process is I stop and I ask a question because fear is associated with worry. So the brain wants something to think about. I give it a question because I can command this. The brain is just a tool. I can command it and say, here's what you're going to think about. What am I afraid of? That's a whole different question. What am I stressed out? What am I afraid of? Oh, Okay, that's what I'm afraid of. And now I can decide either to go to work on the resolution of that fear, which I don't really recommend. I just recommend just watching the fear for a little while. Say, oh, yeah. And then realizing, oh, I may have been afraid about the same thing last month. And here I am, still safe. That's interesting. Does it help to, say, write it down or keep track of this so you can kind of see oh, look, I made it. Here's how I went through it before and what I did. How do you track this and get a better handle on it? I love the idea of journaling. So I told you before we came on air that I started this quest in my life at about age 17. And I actually have the journals that I started all those years ago. Oh my gosh. And (laughs) I go back and I look at some of the things written with so much passion that I was stressed over. And here I am so many years later, And I find myself stressed over some of the same things with so much passion and it makes me smile. And when I go back, I'll open to any random page, grab any journal. And there I find myself reminding me that the brain is doing what it does. It goes back to the past. It wants to protect me. And it says, Drayvon, there's a change coming. You and I do not like change. And so here is something for us to be stressed about. But when I read that journal, I realize, oh, yeah, I had to change in this area 25 years ago. I'm fine. And that's a really comforting roadmap to be able to look back on. Oh, yeah. I find it comforting to journal. I work with a number of clients that do not like to journal. It triggers them and makes them worry more about having their thoughts on paper. And for that, I tell them, don't, if you're triggered by journaling, don't. But get in the habit of communicating with yourself, having this dialogue. Many, many years ago, I worked in a mental health facility. And a lot of my patients there, they spent all day talking to themselves. And it really started me watching that process in myself and realized that I do the same thing. I just don't do it out loud. Wow. That's insightful. We all do. And so when you talk out loud, however, you ask yourself a question and then you, you don't rush to an answer, but your brain automatically switches gears. And so having that ability to feel comfortable enough to communicate with you on purpose. And this seems like it just 
will hit so many different levels of relaxation because with anxiety and when I talk about stress and anxiety, I kind of am separating them for right now because oftentimes with anxiety, it goes to a place where we're overriding our brain. It's almost a panic situation. So if it's anxiety and it's a feeling of, I don't know what I'm afraid of, how can someone work through that? Yeah. And so right then and there, so I usually associate anxiety with moving the brain to the future, to the unknown, which is great. You're saying you don't know what you're afraid of because this is the unknown. And so right then and there, the question I ask myself and ask my clients to ask themselves is, in this moment, in this moment right here, where am I? Just start asking a series of questions. Where am I? I like to start with the five senses because the five senses ground us in the present moment. I usually say, you know, what is it that I'm looking at? I mean, physically looking at what do my eyes see? What am I hearing? What am I touching? What's that smell? You know, am I tasting anything? Anything to draw my attention back to this present moment to minimize and eliminate that anxious feeling to realize that in this moment, my hands are on the table and I then I have you know start to describe what does it feel like? What does a table feel like? Is it smooth? Is there any texture in that table? Anything to bring us back to the present moment. And the brain then realizes in this moment, I am safe. And I'll have asked that question once we come back present. Am I safe here? Can this chair hold me? Can the earth hold me? Am I standing on the grass? You know, all of those questions to bring the brain back, focus to this moment where I am safe, where there is no change in this moment. It may be over in that next moment. The brain is thinking, well, we don't know what's going to change in the future. We heard about something we don't know. <laughs> come back. And then once they do come back and once you're present, what then do you do? Oh, yeah. And see, and, and I love this once you're present. So this journey is to teach us how to stay present in this moment, right? So once we're present, then we can, in that awareness, start to breathe. Because one of the essential things to transmuting stress energy into creative energy is the breath. So once we become aware of this moment, I love people to do the triple four, as I call them. The numbers aren't that important, but to inhales completely and slowly to the count of four, hold to the count of four, exhale completely through the mouth to the count of four, and just keep doing that until you find that you're totally here. You're relaxed. All the racing has stopped. The heart rate has slowed down. And in this moment, now make the decision to do one thing at a time. It doesn't even have to be associated with what the previous fear was associated with, but make this decision in this moment, there will be no multitasking. It'll be one thing at a time and you talk yourself through it in a loving way. It's almost like you were talking to a child. This is just to love on you and to bring you present, to reduce that stress mechanism, that anxiousness that could be there associated with the stress to bring you back focused, to make you totally understand that you are safe in this moment. And the whole thing is to really keep you, if we could figure out a way to stay in the present moment, and the brain doesn't like to do that. It likes the past. <laughs> it's got it places loves, to go. <laughs> yeah, right. It loves the past, right? Because it's most safe in the past because it knows it's already conquered that. Right. And it loves the future because it gives it a sense of adventure. Right. Although we call that anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all about staying where we are. 
because this is our most powerful moment. Right here is where we can do all of our magic. We can touch, we can feel, we can create in this moment. We can't create anything in the past and we can't create anything five minutes from now. We have to create it now. Obviously, this past year hasn't been our best. And I see a lot of reports that are coming out now and they're doing studies on the levels of stress and anxiety. And it's not good and it's not surprising either. People are upset and stressed about Everything from, you know, finances and job loss to the fear of the pandemic to the loss of loved ones, loss of a lot of things. So with this kind of stress and anxiety going on, first of all, did you see changes in your clients in the past year of what was going on with them and how you would help them work with it? Most certainly for all of the reasons that you just listed, the uncertainty about health, the loss of loved ones the loss of jobs and just general panic about just not knowing and try- and how to stay safe, right? So all of these things were a concern, rightly so. But one of the things that I really have been working with my clients with, and myself included, because we're all on this journey together, is the what if question, right? Is becoming curious about what good will eventually come from this situation, And that takes a belief pattern, a knowing that when I wake up in the morning, it is my knowing that I live in a friendly environment, that the universe is conspiring for my good. You know, Einstein said every day you have to decide whether or not you live in a hostile environment that is out to get you or a friendly environment that is conspiring for your good. And so I choose to believe and know that I live in a friendly environment that is conspiring for my good. And that's what I teach my clients is to say, now, I don't know. I don't know tomorrow. I don't know all that has to take place for this eventual good, whatever it is, to happen. But I must accept that or get curious about once I accept that, yes, I live in an environment and this universe is conspiring for my good. I am curious about how all of this, the job loss, which I've been through that death of loved ones, we've all been there, you know, the financial hardship been there, how all of this learning and growth is going to eventually work out for my good. I don't have to know the answer, but once I change the worry from curiosity, I transmute the energy from this stress energy now to creative energy. It's a higher energy. The parasympathetic nervous system is activated as opposed to the fight or freeze, you know, sympathetic nervous system. We change things and we start producing endorphins that help us to be more creative. We may not know the answer in that moment, But we create an environment where we can vibrate at the same level of the answer instead of the problem. And I've noticed taking that approach can change it from at the end of the day saying I had a bad day to saying, oh, I had a couple of doozy moments (laughs) in this day. It really makes a difference in how you feel about the events that were unplanned and unwanted in your yes, life. You just did something so marvelous. You just used this, the power of speech, right? So you framed your day with your words. We're the only species that I know of that gets to do that, right? <laughs> you got to say that, you know, and it's the same day, right? It's the same day, but it carries a different energy with it. I had a bad day just means, well, it's a wrap. Everything from here, you know, is downhill. I had some doozies today means that And I had those doozies. I am victorious over them. I know that I am because it is me who's telling you about them. These universal truths, I think they're in all of us, but we're so conditioned for whatever reason, no blame to any parts of our society, but we're so conditioned to look at everything 
in a way that makes us a victim. Instead of standing in our true power and saying, I have the power to say, always state the facts as they are, but I have the power to say what those facts mean in my day. That's great. I love that perspective. When someone is in the thick of a really difficult time, and we all know people who are going through that right now, or we might be those people, how do we keep thinking that way? Because sometimes it is hard to get up and say that the universe is conspiring for my good when the facts around you seem to dispel that notion. So how is it as you develop this groove in your brain that truly believes it, how do you keep saying that? How do you keep thinking that? Number one, your self-talk, just as we did right now. And that becomes a practice. But number two is gratitude, looking in your environment to find something to be grateful for. And I just want to say this really quick story because I hear the people and I relate to being in a situation that you think, well, there's no way out of this. In 2015, I lost my job. And in 2015, my 20-year marriage hit the rocks really, really badly. And in 2015, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. (laughs) People would say that's not a good year. (laughs) 2015, right? And so in Everyday Peace, in my philosophy, we talk about health, wealth, and relationships. That is the pyramid of what we're looking for peace in and how we're creating peace. So my entire pyramid had been affected, my health, my wealth, and my relationship. On this particular day when I was just really having a bad day health-wise and I was trying to prepare a meal and I couldn't even stand up that long. So I had to lie down on the kitchen floor. And while I was lying down on the kitchen floor, And it crossed my mind that, well, your health is really bad when you can't stand up and cook (laughs) and you don't have a job. So your wealth situation is suspect and your 20 year marriage is on the rocks. And in that moment, just as those thoughts were rolling into my brain because of practice, what rolled in almost simultaneously was, gee, this floor is so sturdy And it's so nice and cool down here. I'm grateful for that. That's amazing. Right? So when this practice of gratitude is so very important, all those other issues were the facts. That's what was going on in my life in that particular year and on that particular day. Those were the facts. But I still want it to. I want it to be okay. I want it to be able to get up and cook. And in order to do those things, I had to reframe my mind and have it focus elsewhere. We got the facts. What are we going to do with those facts? You're lying on the kitchen floor. It's nice and hard. It's, this is, this surface can really hold me. That tells my brain that it, I'm safe and it's nice and cool. I remember it being a hot summer day. It's nice and cool. That means that the universe was conspiring for my good. That's a beautiful story. I say that to tell people that The act of practicing gratitude, and I encourage people to do what I call active gratitude. We'll talk about that in one second. The act of practicing gratitude really will help to reframe your brain because the story that we tell ourselves will impact the results that we get from the situation. We're all going to go through something. We don't get out of this journey without going through something. And so every morning I encourage people to make part of their day is to write an active gratitude postcard or piece of paper, it doesn't matter. Time your, your eyes open up, you write down three things that you're grateful for. Carry that piece of paper with you. When you get into a stressful situation, I have mine in front of me. I sit down, I, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm grateful for those three things. My brain flips. It does. Yeah. Gratitude. And that's something we talk a lot about on the show because it's simple. It's something all of us can do. Unlike mindfulness or meditation, it doesn't take a great deal of practice to do. It just, and it becomes such second nature very 
easily, I've found. It really does. And the impact, you can almost tell when you're talking to a person who practices gratitude, the, the way they speak is differently. You know, they, we all know these people that walk into the room and you're like, oh gosh, I really, I, every time she comes, her energy is just, we want to be those people because it's not just for us that we practice gratitude. It's for the environment. We want to be a positive impact on those people who come into our space. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about stress awareness this month because it's National Stress Awareness Month. And you say that a lot of the advice out there on how to cope with stress can actually lead to more stress. Can you kind of talk about that for a minute? Oh, yes. I got to tell you. <laughs> like, worked, oh, yeah. <laughs> having worked in healthcare for 31 years, the first time you tell a patient, you say to them, reduce your stress level. You see this panic come over their face because their to-do list flashes through, the, through their, <laughs> you know, all their problems. And they're like, oh, you just gave me more stress. So yeah, this idea that we want to live as easy of a life as possible. Of course we do, right? But going through life, thinking that you can reduce your stress level or you can, that you can eliminate stress. Let me say it that way. You can reduce it. You can change your schedule a little bit. You can get up a little bit earlier. You can go to bed a little bit earlier. All those things will help. You can eat a better diet. You can drink more water. You can get more exercise. But here is the thing that we need to know. We will never make it your goal to eliminate stress. That is stressful. We won't eliminate stress. Stress is just energy. View it that way. It is just energy that is available to be used to create something. It is so great to talk to you. I know we have to let you go. But before you go, can you tell us what is the one thing you want everyone to walk away as they are listening to this podcast? What do you want them to take away with them today? That you are safe in this moment. You are safe. This is your moment. This is your place of power. Do everything in your power to stay present in this moment. In this moment, you are enough. There is no past. There's no future. There's just this moment. Beautifully said. Trayvon, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us and changing the way that we think about stress. That was Dr. Drayvon James talking about how to use stress to improve our lives. If you'd like to learn more about Drayvon, read her book, follow her on social media, or listen to her Everyday Peace program, just visit us at livehappynow.com and follow the links. And if you want another way to lower your stress level, we invite you to check out our playlist of 10 songs scientifically proven to help you relax. Look for the Live Happy De-Stress playlist on Spotify or visit our website. That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all-new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one. Mm-hmm.